Welcome in to Home Field Advantage. My name is Will Hyland and I am your host. It is January 22nd, 2022. Hope you're having a great week, great weekend, wherever you may be, and however you may be listening across our great country or our great land. Might have noticed that's a different intro song. It's kind of cold. It's kind of dreary. It's dark. It's January. We know that's great because there's playoff football. But I figured I'd change the mood a little bit. You know? Battle Without Honor or Humanity is a great intro. That's the one that we had been using, you know, all of season three, essentially. We also use Baba O'Reilly by The Who uh, every now and then. Uh, these are all great uh, songs. But, you know, I was going with that one, which is called Mary Jane's Last Dance by Tom Petty. Great song. Great song. Also, hope you enjoyed our word from Anchor. Uh, they are sponsoring this podcast and they are powering this podcast. So big thanks to Anchor for hooking us up here with all of the good uh, materials as we get ready to distribute this podcast to your device. All right. We're not going to waste any time here because, or I should say any more time here, because we got a loaded show today. Um, a lot of what I'm going to talk about today is centered around a handful of athletes, I think five guys in particular, um, all five different male athletes from across the spectrum of sports um, are sort of, in my opinion, dominating the conversation, both here locally, uh, nationally, and abroad. So, in some cases. So, for that reason, that's where I'm going to focus today. It's, it's, it's different for me. Usually, I will look at a situation or a uh, story going on in the sports world and dissect it from um, my point of view. And I'm, of course, going to still do that. But at the same time, you know, I, I don't usually, you know, focus on one particular person or another usually. Um, I, I'm more of a big picture guy, and we'll get into that a little bit. But the first is none other than Tom Brady. You know, it goes without saying in many worlds that Tom Brady is the most accomplished NFL quarterback of all time. I mean, that I think everybody at this point has uh, talked about. <laughs> and we, we're not going to talk about that, right? But what's interesting with Tom Brady is if you're a Patriots fan like I am, and I know a lot of my listeners are Patriots fans. This is a discussion that I've heard on sports radio. I've seen on Facebook. I've seen on Twitter. I've talked to my friends about it. If you're a Patriots fan, what are you thinking going into this divisional weekend um, in, in regards to Tom Brady? You know, if you're listening to this during the week, you know, when it's, in, it's after divisional weekend and we know what happened then maybe you have a different idea, you know, about how you feel as a Patriots fan. You know, are you happy that Tom Brady lost? Are you happy that he won? Are you looking forward to him playing in another conference championship game? So there seems to be a debate about if Patriots fans should root for Tom Brady. Now, last year, I think it was sort of settled science. And we'll get into science in a little bit here, but... To me, last year, the Patriots were bad. Uh, Cam Newton did not have a lot to work with, yes, but the Patriots were just a bad, they were a bad team. 
they lost to other bad teams, and they just weren't anywhere close to where they should be. Um, and so when Tom Brady went into last year's playoffs with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, he was leading a team that was also sort of an underdog. Obviously, they, you know, it goes without saying that they had Tom Brady, you know, on their team. But when when I looked at last year's Buccaneers team, I'm like, okay, well, you know, that conference, it's, it's not Tom Brady's conference. You know, you've got Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson, and the Rams are still a factor, and Tom Brady doesn't just waltz into a new conference and get to the Super Bowl, right? Like, you know, so you're kind of rooting for Brady as an underdog, and plus the Patriots, as I said, were garbage last year, so, you know, that that's what Patriots fan had, fans had to root for in January. You know, you, you weren't going to root for Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs. You weren't going to root for Josh Allen and the Bills. You weren't going to root for Lamar Jackson's Ravens. I mean, these are all rivals of the Patriots. So when it came time, sure, I'll root for Tom Brady when, you know, when the alternatives are the others. So that was last year. This year's a little different, right? You know, this year it's like the Patriots made the playoffs. You know, a week ago today, as I'm recording at about 6 p.m. on Saturday night, the Patriots were still in the playoffs. They were still a team that some thought could get on a run if they, you know, played to their capability. Um, obviously, that was not the case last Saturday night, right? But that that bitter taste of getting blown out by Buffalo a week ago is still in a lot of Patriots' mouths. So do you really want to see the guy that walked out on your franchise who, I mean, let's be real, was also sort of pushed out of your franchise, but he voluntarily left as well? Is You want to see that guy go win another Super Bowl? I don't know. To me, I'm rooting for Tom Brady um, this, this weekend. I'm rooting for him tomorrow against the Rams. I don't care about Sean McVay and the L.A. Rams. I mean, who cares? You know, who cares? It's Tom Brady. You know, he's playing in a playoff game. You know, it, it. it's like if if people started rooting for, like, Jordan to get eliminated when he was with the Wizards or something. I don't know if that even happened. I wasn't really, you know, a sports fan in, like, 2002. But, you know, it's like when the greatest of all time is playing, like, hell yeah, I want to see the greatest of all time continue to play. So I'm still rooting for Brady. But it is different this year. I mean, what if he wins two Super Bowls with... The Tampa Bay Buccaneers in back-to-back years. Right now, all of a sudden, a quarter of his championships have come with a different franchise. It's not just a flash in the pan. Oh, you know, we got, you know, we we got Tom Brady on a team that already had Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and you know a loaded defense and you know Leonard Fournette came in and Rob Gronkowski came in. You know, if Tom Brady wins this year, he's throwing to Scotty Miller, Scotty Miller, excuse me, Tyler Johnson, and somebody named Cecil Grayson or something like that. I don't even know his name. Brashad Perriman, O.J. Howard, Cameron Parate. I mean, the Buccaneers, if they win this year, that defense does not look as good as it did last year. Uh, they're missing Chris Godwin. 
Uh, Leonard Fournette has been banged up. Uh, Giovanni Bernard has been banged up. Mike Evans, you know, if the Rams are able to take away Evans and he wins by throwing to those other guys, what does it say about the Buccaneers and Tom Brady now? It's not just that a 44-year-old quarterback went into a franchise that was awesome or had awesome weapons. I mean, they were... You could tell that Tom Brady made the difference. Um, you know, that, that offense should have been awesome, and Jameis Winston turned the ball over. Tom Brady goes in, they win the Super Bowl. Now it's a lesser talented Buccaneers roster on paper. Tom Brady goes and wins with them. Now it's starting to shed even more questions on, you know, the Patriots' legacy with Tom Brady. See, last year I argued, and I wrote this, the Patriots fans should root for Brady because it affirms the Patriots dynasty. It says that Brady was not a system quarterback, that he truly wasn't talented, that he didn't need deflated footballs or taped defensive signals by Bill Belichick to win a Super Bowl. But now if he wins again, it's like, okay, well, he's won twice. New England's still trying to win a playoff game. Brady will have won seven, eight, if he goes to another Super Bowl. So, you know, as I wrap up here with this topic, you know, if you held a gun to my head and said, Brady, you're the Patriots. I'm picking the Patriots, right? Like, my fandom and love for that football team goes beyond one quarterback, despite the fact that that quarterback happened to be, you know, the symbol of my sports childhood. That being said, given the rest of the teams to root for. Am I supposed to go root for the Tennessee Titans? I mean, they're playing right now. I think it's about halftime with that game. Last I checked, it was 6-6. They retired with the Bengals. I mean, I like Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals, but um, I have a hard time thinking that if even if they beat Tennessee right now, that they're going to go into Kansas City or Buffalo next week um, and win that game. So... I don't want the Bills or the Chiefs anywhere near the Super Bowl. I mean, if you're a Patriots fan and it ends up being Bills, Bucks, or Chiefs, Bucks, and you don't root for Tom Brady, I don't know what you're doing. The AFC is loaded right now. Tom Brady, if he goes and he beats Patrick Mahomes, let's just say he beats Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs again in the Super Bowl, now Brady's won three out of four years in the playoffs against Mahomes. What does that do to the Mahomes is the the goat debate, you know that we're inevitably going to be having in ten years? So I guess that's my only point. When given the alternatives, I'm rooting for Tom Brady. If the Patriots were still in the playoffs, hell yeah, I'd be rooting for the Patriots. But right now, I mean, you're gonna go root for Aaron Rodgers. There's only one other guy that I would consider rooting for in the NFL playoffs, and that's Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, th that's the matchup you should be rooting for. And obviously, if you're listening to this after, you know, after Sunday, you know. But if I'm, you know, predicting, that's the matchup I want. Jimmy G and Tom Brady with a chance to go to the Super Bowl in the line, while Bill Belichick's on his couch, you know, having mimosas with Linda Holiday. That's, that is an amazing storyline.
Too bad the Patriots weren't still in the playoffs. That would have been fun. All right, we're going to move on here. Uh, I'd be interested to hear your takes on Tom Brady and whether or not you're rooting for him in the playoffs. Another guy, one of Tom Brady's colleagues or peers, I should say, in the NFL, who not a lot of people are rooting for, is Aaron Rodgers. Now, let me be clear. I do not like Aaron Rodgers, by and large. I have never have, probably never will. Uh, I think he's kind of annoying. I think the way he carries himself on the field at times is a little bit lazy. Um, I think he's lost the Packers a lot of big games over the years. I think Aaron Rodgers is supremely talented, but he lacks in, you know, mental toughness, in my opinion, what he has in uh, physical ability. So for that reason, like, uh, it's hard It's hard to root for me as a Patriots fan to root for Aaron Rodgers. Because, like, for the last 10 years, at least up until Brady started winning Super Bowls again, uh, you know, people were saying that Aaron Rodgers was better than Tom Brady. You know, well, Tom Brady beat him in the playoffs last year. So, I mean, and he's just... A, is he a better talented athlete? I don't know. You could argue that. But is he a more successful quarterback than Tom Brady? Hell no. All right, so that being said, I don't really like Aaron Rodgers. Maybe I'm wrong to say that he's mentally weak, but I just see him not show up in big games. Um, I see him check out. Um, you know, I see him throw his coaches and teammates under the bus all the time. Uh, to me, that's not a sign of a pro. But given all that, Given the fact that I don't really like the guy, I also have to say, some of the comments that he's been making recently aren't all that crazy, all right? You can believe what you want about the vaccine. I personally, I have no problems with the vaccine. I got the COVID vaccine. I got the second shot. I got the booster, whatever. I said this when I was talking about Novak Djokovic, who we'll get to in a minute. It's stupid that in order to have an opinion about this, you have to first list your credentials. Like, don't worry, guys. I'm about to say something about the vaccine, but don't worry, I'm vaccinated, so you can't call me anti-vax. It's stupid. It's a dumb discussion. Um, this is America. We're allowed to have an opinion, and we don't have to state our credentials before we give an opinion. But besides, <laughs> I just did that. So <laughs> I guess I'm a hypocrite. But regardless, what he said, if you just... Forget that the vaccine is included with his sentiment, all right? Like, forget that Aaron Rodgers is anti-vax, if you even want to use that term. Forget that for a moment. What he said in his quote, and this was, of course, with ESPN, it's really not all that bad if you take out the fact that it's about the vax. So, like, if people could just forget about COVID for a second, which I know is hard, but let's just say that, you know, this was a, you know, just a, him, someone asking him a question about anything else, right? He said in this article with ESPN, when in the course of human history has the side that's doing the censoring and trying to shut people up and make them show papers and marginalize a part of the community ever been the correct side? We're censoring dissenting opinions. What are we trying to do? Save people from being able to determine the validity on their own or to listen and to think about things and come to their own conclusion? Freedom of speech is dangerous. 
now if it doesn't align with the mainstream narrative. That's, I think, first and foremost, what I've wanted people to understand and what people should understand is that there's censorship in this country going on right now. All right, now the second part of that is, you know, a little, you know, I think more about COVID. But, you know, if that first part, when have the people who have decided to be the arbiters on free speech ever been on the correct side? He's right. He's right. And you don't have to agree with him on the vax. You don't have to agree, you know, because, you know, there's holes in his reasoning. I'll be honest, right? There's some holes there. But, you know, I'm, I try and be straight and narrow. Like, you know, I try and see both sides. And he has, you know, he definitely has some holes in his argument for not getting the vaccine. I, I get it. I get it. But that first part, what is what is wrong about that? The, the people who censor what you tweet, who censor what you say, who, um, you know, cancel people. When have they ever been on the right side of history? You know, when we were kids, we learned about the dark ages when people would burn books. You know, and we were taught that that was a bad thing. And that it led to the Renaissance period, which was one of the best periods of literature and enlightenment in human history. I'm hoping we're heading in a direction like that. He goes on to say, are they censoring terrorists or pedophiles? Criminals who have Twitter? No, they're censoring people and they're shadow banning people who have dissenting opinions about vaccines. He goes on to talk about um, doctors and Pfizer and um, Big Pharma and stuff like that, which I'm not going to get into because this is a sports podcast. And as, even though I hinted earlier, I'm going to try not to talk too much about science. But the science that I am going to talk about is just pure the difference between fact and opinion. So in our country, we have all kinds of opinions. I give sports opinions all the time. And a great opinion is rooted in facts. It's rooted in, I believe this because, and I'm able to defend it because. When you state an opinion, though, it doesn't always mean that everyone's going to agree with you. I know that's like surprising for everyone. But, you know, in the world of sports, NFL locker rooms have 53 guys in there. All right? People with all kinds of different backgrounds. If Aaron Rodgers was truly pissing people off in his locker room, I don't think the Green Bay Packers would have done nearly as well as they did this year. But I believe people in that locker room can separate Aaron Rodgers, the football player, from Aaron Rodgers, the guy. You don't have to like Aaron Rodgers, the guy. I don't really like Aaron Rodgers, the guy. You know, I, I really don't. I never have, as I said. But he's a damn good football player, and he deserves MVP votes, as Cam and I talked about last week. So I think people can differentiate and say, like, you know, like, we, I might not agree with you, Aaron, on everything. Like, you know, maybe your vaccine stance is a little, you know, shady. But, you know, like, I'm glad you're leading our football team and you're a talented quarterback. Or, you know, Aaron... I don't really agree with your stance on the vaccine. Um, personally, I would get it. But, hey, 
what you said about censorship and people who cancel not being on the right side of history, yeah, that's pretty accurate. So, like, we live in a society where everything's mutually exclusive, right? Like, Matt Jones, he sucks because they didn't, get, they didn't uh, win a playoff game. Or Matt Jones is awesome because they were 10-8 and 8, or whatever it was. Or Aaron Rodgers is, you know, an a-hole because I don't like his vac status. Or Aaron Rodgers is the smartest dude alive because he listens to Joe Rogan. Like, we live in polar, in polar opposites. We live in poles. I mean, if you walked outside in Maine today, you'd definitely think we lived in a pole. But I'm, I'm not... I'm not going to sit here and pretend to be the expert on Aaron Rodgers and his vaccine decisions. But hundreds of people in sports media feel like they need to do that on either side. What I will sit here and say is Aaron Rodgers pointing out something and then people immediately freaking out about it is exactly his point. Him saying, hey, you know, we live in a society where a certain opinion is tolerated and another one isn't. You know, that's kind of alarming to me. He gives that opinion, and then you have writers with their blue check marks on Twitter completely lose their mind and say, oh my God, do you care about the children? Yeah, I think Aaron Rodgers cares about the children, probably. You know, as much as I don't like the guy, I don't think he's stone cold and evil. So, I think that's what we have to get back to. And, you know, I'm not going to spend too much time on this because those of you who listen to the show, you know that that's how I feel. You know, we're a sports podcast. I believe that sports brings people together. I don't need, I don't need to love every single guy in their opinions who I root for. As Seinfeld put it best, he said that we root for laundry. Sports brings people together. Look, when I go to, when I go to a game, I high five somebody, you know, pre-COVID of course. I don't care who they voted for. I don't care if they got the vaccine or not. I don't care how they feel about tax tax cuts. I mean, we need to get beyond that. Our identity does not come from our trivial thoughts about stuff. It doesn't. Our identity, as Trevor Lawrence wisely said four or five years ago, comes from a very higher place. And so I am not, I am just not really buying or taking the cheese on this Aaron Rodgers hype. I, I, I just, I can't. It's hard for me. It's hard for me to take the cheese on this Aaron Rodgers hype. Even though I don't like the guy. It, he's just, he's just a dude. He's just a football player. And, you know, if he wants to face the consequences of his decisions by not getting the vaccine, that's completely his right. And he's faced consequences. His reputation's taken a major hit in the last six months. But he was willing to take that risk. So you just have to respect it. All right? You just have to respect it. All right. Speaking of another crazy, crazy stuff going on is uh, Novak Djokovic. All right. I talked a little bit about Novak Djokovic on Wednesday's edition of the Morning Advantage. Crazy situation. He gets a visa, uh, obviously, to go play in the Australian Open as the world's number one tennis player. The Australian Open that's going on right now. He gets a special exemption, he believes, from the state government in Australia, which I believe is the province of Victoria, if I remember correctly. Either Victoria or New South Wales, I can't remember. But he gets a 
he gets an exemption from the state government that says, okay, yeah, you had COVID in December, so you don't need the vaccine uh, to show up here in January and play in the open. All right. He shows up January 5th. The federal government says, hold on, who gave you that exemption? No, no, no. You're not coming here without a vaccine. He says, why not? He said, they say, well, because, you know, your exemption through the state government doesn't mean crap to us. So they put him in a detention facility alongside people who have been there for decades, according to the New York Times. And he then gets an, um, he then, you know, gets an appeal where they're going to give it back to him. He's going to be allowed to play. And then the immigration uh, minister says, nope, no, 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 we're not, we're not giving him his visa back. Uh, we're going to deport him. He leaves, he goes back to Serbia last week, and uh, he will not be obviously competing in the Australian Open as it's going on right now. So, crazy stuff, crazy stuff. Um, look, you can, again, have an opinion that you want. I am going to give you mine, but you're, I mean, this is America. As I just said, you're welcome to have an opinion, um, you know, on whatever you want. But with Novak Djokovic, like, the Australian government, I think, if I remember correctly from the Wall Street Journal article that I cited on Wednesday's show, they said that he was going to be a safety threat to Australians, but also said that they didn't want him being there to incite anti-vaccine sentiment. So it's clearly about rallying uh, people in the country. Um, that's also a double-edged sword because if you deport Novak Djokovic, who's beloved in the sports world, uh, he's one of the most philanthropic athletes of all time. Uh, if you hear about the great things he does in Serbia with, in, excuse me, in Serbia with, uh, you know, children's education and orphanages and everything like that, like he is a world-class dude. All right, so if you deport him, you can piss people off because he's well beloved. But you can also appease the very isolationist tendencies that Australians have, right? You know, like if it's not, you know, if if a foreigner is deported over this, great, good. Because we don't want a foreigner getting away with, you know, something if, if Australians have to do it themselves, right? So that's definitely a sentiment at play here is what's good for the goose is good for the gander and, you know, Australians not wanting to follow rules themselves only to have exceptions made for a world-class athlete. So I understand that part of it. But if you're going to say that one of the reasons is because him being there would foster anti-vaccine sentiment, then to me that shows that you want to make an example out of him and you want to say, if we can do this to Novak Djokovic, we can do it to you. Or simply put, we want to prove to you how far we're willing to go with this vaccine mandate. So we're now seeing world-class athletes get their vaccine status in all over the place. I think Brian Butterfield, a former uh, coach with the Boston Red Sox, it's not getting a job with the New York Mets because of his vaccination status. So it's affecting the sports world. 
and again, you can have whatever opinion you want on it, but it's hard to it's hard to not say that it's affecting a, these athletes who are really, really getting themselves in trouble over some of these decisions and facing the consequences. Um, so for Djokovic, it's like, all right, well, he ain't gonna play in the Australian Open. I mean, the Australians have, a, I think, a almost an eighty percent vaccination rate. I want to say. I think the U.S. is 64, and I think they were closer to 80 when I checked the data on Wednesday. So, like, I think a majority of people in Australia already have the vaccine, so I don't know why they're worried so much about anti-vax sentiment. But, you know, I, I look at this situation, and I just think they're making an example out of him, just like the media here in the U.S. wants to make an example out of Aaron Rodgers, and they want they want everyone to hate Aaron Rodgers. Like I already hate Aaron Rodgers. I don't care what he, <laughs> I don't care what uh, he does with the vaccine. I didn't like him to begin with. But you know, you're we're seeing campaigns against athletes and campaigns against people for certain reasons, and it's it's weird. It's a you know that, I guess that's the number one thing I'm gonna say. It's just a weird situation to be in. So all all of these situations that we've talked about. Brian Butterfield, not that he's on the same level as Novak Djokovic or Rodgers, but still, all these guys just, it's different, right? It's a different world we live in, you know? Athletes are looked at under a microscope. Social media certainly changes that. Um, you know, so it remains to be seen how that's going to affect uh, people going forward um, and how far people are willing to go. Um, clearly, Australia's okay with the public backlash, Another word that I hate, and they're okay with the um, they're okay with losing money over uh, not having Novak Djokovic there. I personally think Novak Djokovic might be one of the most accomplished male athletes of all time. Clearly, one of the best tennis players of all time, if not the best, as I said back in the summer. So it's crazy. It's crazy that this is going on. Um, I guess the bottom line is have whatever opinion you want, but uh, at the end of the day, you know, try try and. Try and think objectively and have, you know, have a little bit of compassion where compassion's due. Not saying that you should love Aaron Rodgers or love Novak Djokovic and have compassion for them. But just have, like, you know, a little bit of maybe, I don't know, context. Context matters, I guess. Maybe not compassion. Maybe context is the right word. All right, we're going to take a quick break here. And then we're going to talk quickly about Mac Jones and the New England Patriots. Before we wrap up the show with a cancellation and a look ahead. First though, I want to tell you about what we're doing here at Homefield Advantage and Sportland USA. So we have the morning show, which is called The Morning Advantage. Airs every Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 7 a.m. Eastern. Talking about the greatest topics in sports of that given day. And we replay it, of course, back on demand anytime on Instagram TV. You can follow us at HomeFieldPod to get that content. Um, and then, of course, we have this show, HomeField Advantage, airs every weekend, or I should say is recorded every weekend and is released by the end of the weekend. Hope you enjoy this program as well. Um, Going to be a good season for us here in Season 4. Now, speaking of a good season, Mac Jones, right? Mac Jones, good rookie year with the Patriots, you know, very polarizing decision at the beginning uh, to go with Mac Jones. He had a good year. He had, I think, over 20 touchdowns, if I remember correctly. 
I think it was uh, the final number was maybe something like 23-14. I don't have the stats in front of me. Uh, completion percentage around 68%. Um, you know, won 10 games with the Patriots during the regular season, um, including a seven-game winning streak. He showed flashes of, you know, being a rookie, of course, at the beginning of the year and at times at the end of the year. Um, definitely had that weird game in Buffalo where he only threw three pass attempts. Um, but by and large, he had a good season, right? Good season. Mac Jones, something to build on. For some reason, though, you have guys like Colin Coward. Now, look, you got to take what that guy says with a grain of salt. I love Colin Coward. I think he's one of the best articulators in sports media. The way he delivers is probably second to nobody. But I will say, his take that maybe the Patriots should move on with Mac Jones because they don't know if they can compete in the AFC with him, it's just a bad take. It's just a bad take. They competed in the AFC this year. Look, they, they might have been the sixth seed. They might have got blown out in Wild Card Weekend. But they, you know, there was a time in mid-December where Colin Cowherd himself said the Patriots were the best team in the AFC. So what is it? Can they not compete with him? Or is he capable of having his team be the best in the AFC? And that's my question. I think you can... You know, sort of find some middle ground there. Just like we talked about middle ground with Djokovic and Rodgers. Maybe we can find some middle ground with Mac Jones. Like, is he going to be Aaron Rodgers or Drew Brees or Tom Brady? Probably not. Is he going to be Pat Mahomes? Probably not. Can he be Joe Burrow? Can he be Matt Stafford? Can he be somebody like that? I don't know. If he can, then, uh, you know, you'll compete in the playoffs with him. Because guess who's competing in the playoffs with those quarterbacks? The Rams and the Bengals. You know, he might not be huge and have a big arm like Josh Allen. He might not be fast like Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson. But uh, as I've always said, he's a play caller, not a playmaker. He'll make plays when he can read a defense and call a good play. That's what a quarterback's job normally is. You know, there's a reason why in basketball or in hockey you call someone... You call like the point guard, like the power, like the like the quarterback of the play. Or he's quarterbacking the play. Or in hockey, on the power play, there's usually a defenseman who quarterbacks the power play. That's what a quarterback's supposed to do. A quarterback isn't supposed to be Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson. Those guys are awesome athletes, and they're able to do so many things. That's usually not what a quarterback is. Like Mike Vick, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, I mean... Even Johnny Menzel, like these guys are supreme athletes, but that's not really the quarterback position. Quarterback position is really about decision making, being able to, you know, manage the game. Usually, game manager manager quarterbacks are talked down on, you know. But I look around the league, and you know, I see a lot of game manager quarterbacks that are pretty good. You know, like I see a guy like Jalen Hurts who. Yeah, he can still play quarterback, and he can do all those other things that everyone wants to do, but that doesn't mean he's one-dimensional. Look at a guy like RG3 or Lamar Jackson, and people start to talk about them being one-dimensional. Kyler Murray, I guess, isn't really in that boat. He can still throw the ball, but also helps that he has DeAndre Hopkins. I guess my only point is, I'm going on a tangent here, is that Mac Jones doesn't have to be Tom Brady or... He doesn't have to be Pat Mahomes. He doesn't have to be 
an extremely talented, gifted player like Lamar Jackson or or um, Kyler Murray. He doesn't have to be big and strong and have a huge arm like Josh Allen or Justin Herbert. He just needs to be what the quarterback position needs to be for the New England Patriots. And that's someone who can decipher a game plan, manage the game, play well, not turn the ball over. Because if that happens, he'll make plays. Might not He might not be a playmaker, but he'll make plays. He's, he'll, his arm strength will, will improve. I mean, think about if people just decided to write off Justin Herbert last year because his team blew. I mean, he might have had a better statistical, statistical year than Mac Jones. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but his team wasn't that good. Were people saying that the char- are people saying the Chargers can't compete in the AFC? Because last time I checked, he's been their quarterback for two years and they haven't made the playoffs once. Mac Jones made the playoffs in his first year with the Patriots as a rookie. So, this idea that the Patriots are like miles behind everybody else. Yeah, I mean, there's probably some merit in that. They got blown out last weekend. But you can't expect after one year for these guys to just turn into what they were in 2014, 15, 16, 17 with Brady. I mean, it's going to be a long time before the AFC Championship game is at Gillette Stadium or in Foxborough. It, it just might be a long time before that. But that doesn't mean they're not going to compete. I mean, as I've said, quarterback play in this conference alone in the AFC is stacked. Collins right. Burrow, Baker, Mahomes, Herbert, Derek Carr, Lamar Jackson. Whoever the Steelers decide to get, you know they're going to go get a good guy. Someone who can play. Tua. Even Tua's good. Josh Allen. How could I forget him? So, I don't know. I guess we should just maybe pump the brakes a little bit on this. Well, Patriots can't win Mac Jones. Might as well move on. Uh, they won more games than they lost this year with Mac Jones. And uh, there were times where he didn't look great. And he was still able, with a good team around him, to succeed. The Patriots can win with Mac Jones. They might not win six Super Bowls, but they're not going to be awful. This idea that he, they're just so far behind, I don't, I don't get where it comes from. Three years ago, Josh Allen looked like he was going to be terrible. Now everyone's you know, exposing old takes about Josh Allen. Well, I hope that the same thing is done in three years when maybe Mac Jones is better. These guys are young. They're younger than me, for crying out loud. And I'm pretty young myself. These guys develop over time. All of them do. Even Lamar, who I crit- who I just criticized for being one-dimensional, he's become a better passer. Kyler Murray took a huge step in year two. Was an in-the-talks-for-MVP candidate. Joe Burrow, last year he got hurt. He's playing in a playoff game right now as we speak. Things happen in this league. It's n- Things happen so fast in the NFL... You can't just make a blanket statement about the next 10 years. It's not that easy anymore. Patriots fans learn that. It's not it's not you don't always have Tom Brady as your quarterback. Things change. Pat Mahomes, if things don't go for his way, as I said earlier in the program, he could lose this weekend. He could have a Russell Wilson style career where he is amazing for his first 5 years and wins a lot of games. 
and then ends up being on a bad team that made bad salary cap decisions. Not a bad team, but a mediocre team that made bad salary cap decisions. That could very well happen with the Chiefs. Nothing is a guarantee in that league. So people just need to think, maybe tamper their takes a little bit. I know that's hard to ask, right? We just talked about that. It's hard to say in 2022, but I don't know. That's my, that's my, uh, that's my feeling. All right, another feeling we're going to do real quick. We got to cancel this. I got to cancel Brad Marchand haters. I mean, 10 years ago, yeah, Brad Marchand was kind of a pain in the ass, right? He's done some really dangerous and stupid things over his career, too. I'm not excusing that. But this guy has become one of the faces of the NHL. He stood up for the players with the um, with the whole Olympic debacle. He starts so many cool things. Like he started a company called Martian Mill Company. They make like hunting apparel. Pretty cool. He does a lot with charity. There's wor- there's uh, words and stories that came out recently about what he's done with Kevin Hayes, uh, who I believe is the brother of the late Jimmy Hayes, about how he plays floor hockey with Jimmy Hayes' son. Like, Brad Marchand, he's kind of a jerk on the ice sometimes, but he's just a lovable dude off the ice. Like, he has become one of the faces of the league. It's a shame he's not in the All-Star game. I don't know how that happened. But if you still hate Brad Marchand right now, it's you're showing your true colors. Because realize what they do now. It used to be they criticized Brad Marchand's game and the fact that he was a rat. You know, like they would say, oh, well, you know, he's not really an elite goal scorer. Or, you know, he's a third line player. What's he doing? Well, now he's, I think, in the top five in points over the last several seasons. And the only guys higher than him are like Leon Dreitzel, Connor McDavid, and Nathan McKinnon. Maybe Austin Matthews. So it's like, he's become one of the most productive players in the league. So people, if you hear now, they, they don't criticize his game. They know they can't criticize his game because he's one of the best left wings in hockey. Oh, they criticize that he talks trash on Twitter. Okay, well, you know, as we talked about earlier, earlier in the show, who doesn't do that? It's 2022. Okay, so, oh, well, he, you know, high sticks guys or cross checks guys once in a while. Okay, yeah, Tom Wilson does that. All right, you know, a lot of players in the National Hockey League do that. Um, oh, well, he has a he has a history with conduct. All right, he's had some suspensions. Yeah, he has. But I think he's a changed player. You know, you can. I'm I've been biased, right? I've talked about Mac Jones, <laughs> talked about Tom Brady, talked about Brad Marchand. I mean, these are all guys I like. These are all athletes I like. You know, I might have some bias. I talked about Aaron Rodgers. I don't really like Aaron Rodgers, right? But, I mean, you kind of got to say that that guy's a good quarterback. If you're still a Brad Marchand hater and you don't think he's good, like, if, if I can say that I think Aaron Rodgers is good and I don't like Aaron Rodgers, then maybe you should just admit that Brad Marchand's a good hockey player. He played today. Despite not really practicing, being a game-time decision, being hurt in Thursday's game, he's back on the ice today. That's how much he cares about his team. 
Alright? He's a leader. He's one of the best players in the NHL. It's about time he got treated that way. And if you still hate Brad Marchand, you're cancelled. Alright, that's going to do it for this episode of Home Field Advantage. Hope you enjoyed the program. Talked a lot of Talked a lot of different topics today. Crazy stuff. Um, bottom line is, Pats fans are still work for Tom Brady. Aaron Rodgers has the right to think what he wants, even if you disagree with him. Novak Djokovic should not have been deported from Australia. They're trying to make an example out of him. Mac Jones is still a good quarterback, and the Patriots will still compete in the AFC East, or and in the AFC, despite what everyone wants to say. And last but not least, if you hate Brad Marchand, you are canceled. Sports has a crazy way of making us all go nuts, right? That's what I love about this show. You know, Wednesday, I think it was Wednesday, I was watching Premier League soccer at work <laughs> and uh, needed to leave and go home. Tottenham was losing 2-1 in the 87th minute to Leicester City, and I'm like, okay, yeah, this game's over. Gotta go home anyway. Get home, find out, Tottenham wins the game. Things happen in sports that are just unexplainable. So, hey, doesn't have to mean that you always end up on the winning side, right? Obviously, we know that. I'm making a huge generalization there. But, you know, you look around and, I mean, it's why we like sports. is because, you know, we can talk about the NFL and tennis and vaccines and hockey and soccer or whatever and, you know, people still people still enjoy the topic. You know, it's one of it's one of the last escapes we have left. All right. Anyway, as I said, that's gonna do it for this episode of Home Field Advantage. I hope you enjoyed the program. We have our real and traditional theme song going now. I hope you enjoyed the program as well as the new song we had at the beginning. We'll be back Monday where we break down divisional weekend. Look forward to what we have in store for the rest of the week. If you're listening during the week, it will be the weekend again before you know it. But until next time, my name is Will Hound. It's January 22nd, 2022, and you've been listening to Home Field Advantage. If you liked this podcast, please subscribe on your favorite provider, including Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Also, keep an eye out on Instagram, at HomeFieldPod, for Season 2 of The Morning Advantage, with new episodes live on IGTV every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 7 a.m. Eastern. Also, with playback available on demand. Home Field Advantage and The Morning Advantage are presented by Sportland USA, and the opinions shared on them do not reflect those of any other company, outlet, person, or entity.